Yeah, right. Welcome to The Lighter Side of Dark, Season 5. Two of the world's greatest podcasters could not make it this evening. Instead, here are your hosts, Solio and Smith. It took me a minute to remember the right word. And really? then I, you, you had to remember one, one, one. It, it's one call out and one response. Because it's not a typical. You know, when I think of milk, I think of cookies. I think like so. My brain goes there because I'm, you know, it's just a slob. You have, you have a weird brain. Of course, that's why we do this. So I yell milk. You yell epane. Epane. Or, or you yell milk. Last week's milk was terrible. But I give you a chance to repent. To repent. Yeah. Repair. I, I, Last week, uh, I, I had that deer in the headlights look, and then I just said, milk, I think. Uh, you know, it's like, Basically, as it's coming to you, me. You read the title on the carton. Yeah, exactly. Milk. Yeah. The, the, milk, ladies and gentlemen. Milk. That's how canned it sounded, but yeah. uh, I'll get it. It's, it We're it, working it, on it. It's like, it's like if you drink it, it's bad. Oop, milk. I wanted to get you right. That's exactly. I wanted to get my enunciation better, and yeah. uh, we'll work on that. Each. Yes. All, and, uh, I would never recommend, uh, if you're actually getting on an airplane, to yell, airplane, at the top of your lungs. Probably it's not. Kind of, kind of attracts attention. You get like, put in the overhead compartment. Get if a little that. duct tape on the old uh, mouth there. Mm. Speaking of flying, um, every time my wife and I fly, she looks at me every single time every time 100 percent. she's never missed and she goes if you do that stupid joke i will divorce you well we've been married for 15 years so she so i, I think it's i think it's a threat more than really a promise. just just sort of let it, that's our way of letting you know i really dislike this and there's i used to do with my uh ex-wife i used to do the uh the it, it, it's from the twilight zone with William Shatner, where he sees the gremlin goblin thing out on the wing of the plane, ripping the engine apart, mm. and and he looks out the window in that William Shatner esque kind of thing, pulls the curtain back. She goes, "What's the matter, sir?" He goes, "Something's something's on the wing. I saw it. Something's on the wing." So in the movie Ace Ventura, when nature calls, Ace Ventura Two, mm-hmm. when nature calls. By the way, great movie. Everybody says it wasn't as good as the original. No sequel's ever as good as the original because the newness of the character has worn off. But the writing in Ace Ventura 2 was terrific. Um, so, in the movie, he, he's, Ace Ventura is doing, Jim Carrey's doing his best William Shatner imitation, which he does completely oh, sure. over the top. He's so good at it. So yeah. he goes, and he goes, he goes, Stewardess, there's something on the wing, some thing on the wing. <laughs> so that's what I used to do and then all of a sudden later on in the movie uh, stu- uh stewardess walks up and she's got a bag of peanuts in her hand and she goes peanuts and he looks at her completely straight face and goes no i have one of my own it's bulky but i consider it carry on <laughs> and then then he stops and goes oh you said peanuts thank you and i i do that every Single time, and does she does does your wife physically slink down yes. in her chair yes. next she, to you? She, when she sees the, the stewardess coming, she's like a flight attendant, whatever the fuck they have to be called nowadays. Liberal snowflakes. Um, she she tries to get to the bathroom before the girl can get there, or the guy can get there, or the gay stewardess can get there because they typically have yeah. to be there 
a, a woman or typically typically a gay man. Yeah. Not that yeah, that's just, anything, anything wrong with that. No, just maybe, maybe it's the profession seems to seems to be more of that whatever yeah. for whatever reason. And you've heard several of the other things I comment about uh, airlines. Um, we landed. I, I, I was landing in Dallas. This has been 20 years ago, and uh, we hit hard. We hit the ground hard, and there were I mean, you literally heard metal on metal you heard pieces falling off i mean it we, oh you mean everybody's worst nightmare when they we when hit the hard so as we're walking up the aisle there's an elderly lady in front of me and the pilot's up front thank you have a good day bye-bye thank you have a good day bye-bye say as she walks up it just stopped right in front of me looked that pilot straight in the eye and goes did did we land or were we shot down <laughs> she's having flashbacks from nam <laughs> oh my god and uh, I love, love flying Southwest because they have fun with the announcements. They make them enjoyable. And it says, if you uh, haven't ridden in a car since 1955, this is a seatbelt. Um, or if you're traveling with small children, we're sorry. And then they just stop. I did. I always did love that they try to be funny. And they, yeah. well, a lot of times the scripts were really funny. They were the first airline to ever kind of dabble in something like that people pay attention when yeah, stuff's because they, they legally cover everything they do but they make it fun yeah uh, one, one one of them said on a flight to nashville she goes though we do not anticipate a loss of cabin pressure because if so we all would have called it sick today <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, but that's kind of joke joke she got yeah, attention to very funny uh, let's get something out of the way real quick uh before we go into segment number two where we talk about our our one hit wonders tournament um a, a lot of good feedback from a bunch of our listeners last week. Um, some uh, corrected feedback for for a couple. Well, I think it was one of the ones I came up with. Um, we, if you're if you haven't listened to episode one and two from season five, first of all, shame on you. Go back. It doesn't cost anything. But we're doing a uh, one hit wonders tournament where each week we each submit three one hit wonders and that's a total of six for those of you that didn't graduate from the florida public school system and then we're going to let you guys our listener or listeners whichever the case may be hmm. uh pick the one they think should advance in the tournament and we're going to see by the end of the season what's the greatest one hit wonder song of all time one hit wonders according to our definition is a group or artist that had one hit that charted and i put in the uh, pina colada song Escape, Escape by Rupert Holmes. Rupert Holmes. You know, yeah. where he ends up, you know, trying to hook up with a stranger and ends up being his own lady. Right. Which is it's very boring, weird and boring as hell. Just just put her in a costume if you want to make sure she, if you, if you pretend she's. It was a long else. way to go to just realize oh, maybe we just need to spice things up a little. Yeah, maybe bit. we just need to drink pina coladas and walk in yeah, the rain. Maybe. But he did have another hit song. Yeah, and I wasn't familiar with it, but that doesn't matter. It's the, that is the rule. We want someone that's not charted more than once. And this song uh, charted in 1980, a little after. And she'll say, oh, he's just a friend. And I'll say, oh, I'm not blind. You'll never guess what the title of that song is, Paul. Boy, it's not three letters long, is it? Cause yes, it is. Uh, her? Him. Oh, I was close. It was close. I was close. You and your frickin' pronouns. I know. That's that's where they Yeah, so go. this is a song about his girlfriend having an affair with somebody else. So I could, this guy can't keep a relationship. Boy, this happened. Yeah, everything really Rupert can't. Holmes writes about is pain. All this relationship pain. Oh, my God. 
did you see Sports. SNL this past weekend? Not yet. I, I usually watch it. Though, well, in the- all I can tell you is uh, Weekend Update is classic. Colin Jost. I love, I love that. Colin Jost absolutely nails, nails. Um, what's her name? Um, Taylor Swift. She was the musical guest. And instead of doing oh. one song in the first half of the show and one song in the second half of the show, she did this long marathon song that was like freaking 10 minutes long. Like so even more did. obnoxious than you were worried it would be? And of course, <laughs> he, he opens up. He goes, hi, I'm Colin Jost. By the way, this week just in, uh, if you break up with Taylor Swift, she will sing a 10-minute marathon song about you on live <laughs> national TV. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Him and Michael Che, are, they go after everybody, but you can't be mad. They just have a good way of poking poking at Bear, but not. it, it comes off as likable enough. I've always, always liked Chevy Chase, the original Weekend Update. Uh, I only did it for one year, but he was, because he, he could do it so straight. But but Colin Jostin uh, and, and Michael Che together uh, are absolutely terrific. They really and, are. I was uh, not... I hadn't expected much because there was some tough acts to follow. The second best thing Colin Jost has ever done is Scarlett Johansson. Hey man, that's good the, for, that means he's pretty damn good at weekend good update. Good for the funny guys. Yeah. Although he is a he's a good looking kid. He's good looking and he's a oh, yeah Ivy League. So maybe, maybe those things all together. Well, you saw you saw him in coming coming to America too, didn't you? Oh, coming to America. No, on the was it Netflix or yeah, coming which, to America too? The Eddie Murphy, the Eddie Murphy movie, right? The sequel. Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't watched it yet. You haven't seen it? You lazy, good for nothing piece of shit. And coming to America was one of my most quoted movies growing up. I'm so. telling you, coming to America too is he's in that movie. He plays um, um, the uh, the Dukes from Trading Places. He plays uh, Mortimer and Randolph Duke's grandson. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, right. All right, That's so uh, we are the lighter side of dark. Thanks for joining us. It's season five, episode Trace. Uh, uh, six, Trace. I think, uh, I think so. Three, and four, uh, we'll be talking One Hit Wonders in segment two. And our uh, Rushmore for this week is famous uh, fashion designers. Hmm, we're going fashion designer yeah. of, of kind of of all time. You know, so maybe like, we talk about quarterbacks and, and maybe we talk about uh, food and stuff, but we can talk about fashion. Sure, we can. We're very we're yeah. very uh, Renaissance men. I can't spell uh, Renaissance. Nope, but we can say that's that's why we're on the radio, so isn't we can that, just isn't that the truth? Say it. So uh, let's talk about what's uh, in the news uh, this week. Um, politics is is it me or do do Republicans come across as people who they they want Biden to fail at all costs, even if what he's doing is legitimately good for the country? They just want him to fail, even though it would hurt America. Right. They just want him to fail I, so bad. I think the Republican Party, and it wasn't look, it wasn't always this way, but it has devolved over the last fifteen or twenty years, twenty probably uh, more, but into a party that is only interested in power so they'll look at how many things mitch mcconnell has obstructed as majority leader over the years there's just hundreds of bills just sitting there that he is ignoring kind of like you know when trump didn't didn't fill positions let just let them sit there their whole job is to obstruct so that they can blame 
try to get votes, try to gerrymander, do everything they can to stack the, the deck, stack the courts, and retain power. That's all they're interested in so that they can keep up their corporate cronyism. That's what the Republicans are right now. They say the right things, they, they stick together, and they know how to appeal to their base, and that's why they're... And they know how to take advantage of propaganda. Look at all those right-wing things, the news... They're terrific at up. talking points. They, they get a talking point, they beat it to and death the until it becomes believable. Yeah, and then because the Democrats are split between the centrists, who are corporate Democrats, more like Republicans used to be, and then the progressives like AOC, Katie Porter, uh, and uh, from Georgia, she's ex- escaping me, but she's fantastic. She uh-huh. just eliminated all that debt. Um, they're split. So the Republicans can pounce on that and make Biden look weak, make him look ineffectual, and they know how to message. Well, I mean, Democratic presidents with with the Republican Congress and Senate have always been ineffectual, mm-hmm. except Bill Clinton. Clinton somehow got stuff done. Yeah, he did. And and I don't know if it was just the fact that he was just such a swarmy, smarmy politician. He had a weird smoothness to him. Yeah. That must have worked. Slick Willie. Slick Willie. They, you know, you know, slick is. A lot of people say he was. You know, Obama wasn't the first black president. Clinton uh, was. That's funny. Because uh, he, he was Slick Willie. Played a mean tenor sax. Uh, yeah. He did. But I mean, I, I sit here. I, I read a lot of stuff on Facebook because, of course, Facebook is real. Oh, and man, it's, you, but I see the things on there that no matter what, no matter what's going on, the only thing that seems to matter is gas prices. Facebook has become such a, uh, a political uh, quagmire, and you, quagmire. You, you can't get out of it. They, you know, gas prices is an easy thing to sort of attack for the average people because everybody sees it at least once a week, right? And they everyone gets it. Um, and a lot of people that are casual politicians that don't understand how the economy works and how cause and effect works and how things take time and supply chains and all that stuff, um, they don't get it. But it's Republicans know how to attack it. You know, they know how to get their simple message across to, to simple voters. Why don't you uh, read this for our listeners? Okay, so I'm reading a poster here. It's a, it's a picture of Elon Musk, and it says, Reminder, the system enabled Elon Musk to rake in $36.2 billion. With a B. With yeah. a B. The system enabled Elon Musk to rake in $36.2 billion in a single day last month. So don't buy into the myth that we can't afford to invest in American families. We, we absolutely, yeah. That's where it ends. But 36.2 billion yeah. in a day. The biggest lie is that these are job creators and that we need to finance all their fucking pet projects. They, they, what they do is they, they con us all into, uh, basically they socialize their expenses out to us and we all put in a little in taxes. Then they just privatize all their profits and keep them. You know, they, they figured out how to game the entire country, and they know how to keep people in the dark about it by saying the right things, or they just know how to work their, their marks. You know, they're I'm the ultimate t- I'm grifters. Tired, I'm tired of people acting like because Elon Musk paid $5 billion in taxes, he should get an award or a parade. He's a tax I mean, dodger. Dude, dude. Pay your taxes. Yeah. Th- that's that's part of. He moved just his your, operations your, from California to Texas to to because of tax reasons. Yeah. Um, so he's you know he he doesn't like to pay taxes. I have no problem with a person being creative and making money. Yeah. I have zero problem with that. Somebody thinks you're oh, yeah, maybe you're a liberal. You just want everybody. No, 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 no. I don't. But but uh, how much is is too much when it gets to a point? And I don't want the their wealth accruement to be based on them gaming the system at our expense. I want it to be based on their 
their shrewdness, their business acumen, their ability to make profits as a, you know, isn't that what capitalism is all about? It's, it's about how to make profits. Well, instead, they've just all learned how to keep as much money as possible and and, and work the stock market. It's just, it's a whole different world now. Yeah, there, was something, there was something else I wanted to uh, read that I saw. And um, Robert Reich, who's one of my favorite economists, he really does get and understand um, how economy works. And he puts in uh, November, this was November 14th, just a few days ago, um, the biggest culprit for rising prices that's not being talked about is the increasing economic concentration of the American economy in the hands of a relative few giant big corporations with the power to raise prices. Of course. If markets were competitive, companies would seek to keep their prices down in order to maintain customer loyalty and demand. That's the way it used to be when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. When prices of their supplies rose, they'd cut their profits before they would raise their prices to Mm -hmm. their customers for fear that otherwise a competitor would grab those customers away. That kind of price control used to be beneficial to the customer. And now it's like they all get together and it's it's price fixing. Well, I think what happens is because there's so few regulations now, corporations become too big to fail. And you oh, excuse have, me. Thank, uh, thank you, St. Ronald Reagan, for that mm-hmm. one. He, you know, that was Reagan. That was during his administration. Whether he was duped into doing it, maybe they told him, say, hey, this is what it's going to do. Wink, wink. He was an actor. You know, yes, he became a hey, politician. Hey, but I read Reagan's memoir. It was the thickest book I've ever read, twice as thick as the, as the damn Bible, for yeah. God's sake, and had a lot more truth in it. But And I'm really giving him the benefit of the doubt yeah. there. That's assuming he didn't know. But but him, him he enabled corporations basically to, to make it a lot easier for regulatory capture, which would be, you know, um, eliminating their competition essentially so that they can control the market um, make it easy to just swallow up other corporations how many mergers did you see in the 90s oh why is AT&T and IBM merging what the hell is all that weird Nestle makes water now what the fuck is that <laughs> what yeah Facebook Facebook is terrifying we need to rein this shit in that is cable companies look at the monopoly they have you know every single human being that you know that's over seven years old understands monopolies from the game right monopoly and that's why the game was at the end of monopoly there's one winner isn't there and they own it was a lesson not a board game they own everything so they true capitalism would be 20 cable companies 30 cable companies and they all have to figure out how to be creative and compete with each other Mm -hmm. remember how much better wwe and wcw were when they were competing going head to head ECW was in the mix in the 90s and they were all trying to figure out how to outdo each other and they all had to worry about buy rates and and attendance numbers and that's capital that's true competition as soon as WWE bought them all out again oh that was the worst thing that could have ever happened wrestling went downhill I stopped watching for a while if he was smart he would have left everything as it was hired competing personalities just watched it burn Mm -hmm. he would have owned everything and had the illusion, kind of like you know when conservatives buy CNN and all that shit, he could have just let them all duke it out, and he would have owned it. But his ego, he wanted to show, like I bought Ted Turner and I bought, you know, I bought out ECW, I win. And yeah, he does. He's still a billionaire. It'll never change. But from an interest in wrestling, 
that's when it all started to, to crash. You know, now it's too corporate. Yep. You can't win at Monopoly if you just own Waterworks and the electric company. Yeah. Got to own property. We need the ability to give more competition. You, you've got to put somebody in a position of going, oh, when you make that turn after free parking, I've got you. I own every property down that row. I'm going to bankrupt now, the you. The irony there, the real estate, I'm there's gonna, another one. I mean, there. What, what other board game can you turn over a card and mortgage it? Because yeah. you, you desperately need money. And so many people didn't even, that's the thing, is they didn't even want to deal with that, so they ignored that part. They, they just would make up their own rules. Yeah. One, of the, one of the only games I've ever seen where there's like 900 different variations on how to play. Yeah. All that tells you is nobody wanted to play the real way because they all thought it was bullshit. Oh, we, we, we played where if you rolled doubles three times in a row, you went to jail. Yes. Um, we also played all the money that went into Community Chest and Chance was put in the middle. For free parking, right? And if you right? landed on free parking, you got it. Apparently, that's not in the rules. None yeah, of that is. None of it is. I couldn't imagine not playing that way. And I used to love to just let, let, let people dangle for the last few rounds. So, okay, listen, I'll let you. You can go ahead and stay there for free. Just give me Indiana Avenue. Oh, boy. Uh, next time, they'd like, give me Illinois Avenue. Yeah. Give me Kentucky Avenue. And then before you know it, boom, 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 houses, houses, houses. Then you're houses. Mr. Potter. Yeah, it's Pottersville, and then the game's over. And uh, see that it's all—it's a dark ending. So, uh, what is uh, your opinion on the the horrible, horrible instance where that poor child, Kyle Rittenhouse, that poor child, that 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 teenager, that poor child, that innocent minor, that's just being just railroaded by the system? What is it about the people that poke the bear? and then have repercussions for it. I don't understand. When, when you, what is your intent when you show up with a across weapon? Across a state line. Across a state line. With intent. I just, I don't understand how you can, it's, it's the ultimate crying wolf where you like, you go slap someone, you slap someone, you slap someone, and then, and then when they fight back, you're like, what? That's not fair. I just like I should be allowed to intimidate and threaten you, whatever his intent was at first. You know, he he's saying that that should be allowed, but then people aren't allowed to fear for their lives in retaliation. What about stand your ground and all that type of mentality? I know that's not a law in every place, but that mentality about self-defense. You know, wouldn't Texans love that shit? You know, get on my property, I'll shoot you with my shotgun. Well, part of the issue that that I find with it again is the hypocrisy of the way he's being portrayed by his defense as just this innocent child. No. But then, when, when the prosecution says, well, this child was carrying a loaded assault rifle. Yeah, he was a, a loaded assault weapon. He was an instigator and or so, a threat. So, so is he a child with a gun and he shouldn't have had it? Are, are you saying, because if you're saying that he's a child and he's a kid and he really doesn't know, then he shouldn't have access to military-grade weapons. And it is a military-grade weapon. I could argue right. that with somebody up one side down the Absolutely, other. Absolutely. It yeah. wasn't designed to kill multiple deer. Right. No, nothing automatic that repeats is designed for now, hunting. Now, let's, let's go to that night when it happened. Supposedly. The, one of the people he shot, supposedly, allegedly, as they say, pointed a gun at him and pulled the trigger and the gun jammed. So then he fired back and killed this person. And went on to kill a couple other people too. Just yeah, you know, he got he got he, warmed up. He, he was, was like, I liked the first one so much, I went and was, had another. He was there. He got a taste, and then he wanted the whole. What if bird. what if that had gone the other way? What if that protester mm-hmm. who had a weapon 
had shot and killed this kid, Kyle Rittenhouse, and the trial was about him now. How do you think that would go over? A protester with a gun shot an innocent young man. Right. Oh, yeah, that would, that would be an interesting one for the media to have a field day with, huh? So now you have a protector supposedly sh- uh, you know, shooting a protester, but then that's, that's okay? To them, it to them it is because they have protesters. It's that whole black and white team mentality: red versus blue. Your guys are assholes. Your protesters are looters, and you know they have that simple association, and they buy into all of that cheap propaganda. Like you know, they'll, they'll look at all this crime, and they'll just show whatever footage, and they'll believe that it's from Black Lives can, Matter. Pro, you know, can, they just buy it. Footage, can yeah, footage, right. the same people that go on Facebook and share incorrect stats and and memes and uh it's well there was a great one the other day that said uh showed a picture of trump at one of his rallies and at the top it said greatest economy ever um and it said created 1.6 million jobs uh last quarter uh uh, gross national product uh uh, up 71 percent um stock market at record highs and then it says at the bottom shows a small picture of joe biden goes no i'm sorry that's us now but people believe anything that they see on there and and i'll admit i get get drawn into it too because i mean it's when i was growing up the only place you got news was from the newspaper the only place yeah that was basically it or the 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 weekend or the weeknight news or the nightly news yeah at six and ten or uh, five and five and eleven, whatever the hell it was, but now it's like you see stuff in black and white. It's hard to discern: is this legitimate? Is this real? And it's it's hard to explain. But to see the that us versus them mentality, that the divisiveness of the country sort of play out on Facebook, particularly. It's interesting that through through the social media that I think of, Facebook is the only one with that commonality of causing the divisiveness um you know you know even even they own instagram but you don't really hear much about you know, instagram is more about the vanity and the and the filters and and the fakeness of it all um you have other socials like twitter you know you don't really hear but but facebook is sort of known for boomer right-wing memes and liberal left-wing people who are countering those with it's just a very weird it's become an odd political battleground for a certain demographic facebook has yeah and they sort of just allow it and 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 revel in it almost you know i think they they zuckerberg probably thinks i'm doing my job you know he's he has more interest in republicans being elected so all i can say is one of my uh one of my friends was Saying, uh, "Oh yeah, only you left-wing libtards." I always love it when they when they when they call me that. I know. All of you left-wing libtards have suddenly found a way to make a trial where one white guy kills three other white guys—a racial issue. And I said, "Well, I have it. Who I haven't? I didn't I've, once think about the race. I never of even it. thought. Never, it never even entered my mind. But I don't think about race, and like I don't." see it anyway and you don't either so maybe that's why because we don't like you know we have friends of any creed race color we just have friends and i know there are people that may not be outwardly racist or exclusionary but but kind of stick to their own 
tribe, for lack of a better term, um, or or have private judgments. I mean, we see them with the Trump. A lot of the it's, Trump voters it's, sort it's of have that. It's terrible. And one one thing I've noticed about uh, <clears throat> Bill Maher on his show recently is he's definitely pulling more center than he used to, and he's he's really realizing and seeing what's going on in. Uh, in our country right now, mm-hmm. America, where we're all Americans. He, uh, I may have mentioned this in last week's podcast or the week before, but he had a, an Uber driver that was from uh, Yugoslavia. Uh, and Sarajevo was where the Olympics were held in, in Yugoslavia not that long ago. Yeah. And this guy was lived in Sarajevo you know, when the Olympics were there. He saw it was just such a beautiful city, such a beautiful country. It was a... It was a republic. It was a democratic republic. And then they showed pictures of it three years later when Bosnia, Herzegovina, and took over, just eliminated the Czech Republic and Yugoslavia, just just completely. And he said, everything that was going on in my country then is going on in America now. It became us versus them. It became so tribalized, it destroyed a country. And social media has been weaponized. And I love us. it when somebody says, oh, you can't compare, when somebody says, well, look at how great Denmark is, or look at how good Finland is, or look at how good Norway is. Yeah, they have socialized they go, medicine. They go, they go oh, you can't compare those countries to America. They're not the same size. Well, well why not? They're not the, they're, nobody's saying they're the same size, for God's sake. But if something works, what's wrong with stealing that idea? But right. also, you see what happens in these countries, and it can happen yeah. here. The, the, the thing is, those countries aren't, aren't run by corporations, and, and co- corporate money isn't in politics, and that's the, that's the difference. You know, Once that happened with us, we were, were pretty much Russia with more technology and maybe a little more civilized uh, population or, or a little more advanced population but it's become so corrupt and blatant now they just sell their votes almost out in the open because they know they're untouchable it's it's gotten to that point it was never it was sort of you know it's it was subtle at first i but, can tell you this if you asked somebody who was the head of of the chrysler corporation in 1971 in 1971 <clears throat> one out of a hundred people could tell you if you said Lee Iacocca was was a, a a big shot in Chrysler, okay, he became popular when he saved Chrysler in the mid in the mid seventies. Okay, so they made him uh, CEO. Gotcha. Um, but if you said so, you know, who was who was the who was the leader of General Electric at that point? Nobody could tell you. Who was the leader of AT and T? Nobody could tell you. Right now, we have celebrities who are CEOs, and that's the only reason they're famous because they're CEOs. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew who Jeff Bezos was 15 years ago. Right. Nobody knew who uh, Elon Musk was. Nobody, nobody even barely knew about Bill Gates. And it shows you the, that that is also partly in, in uh, a product of the, in the wealth gap that has widened since the 70s. You know, percentage-wise, what the CEO made compared to the lowest worker was not the same ratio as what it is now. Sometimes it was 10 times. Yeah. Now, what is it like thousands in some cases hundreds or thousand times yeah. more um you know the ratio was out of whack just like the you know just like rent and and mortgage rate ratios and and education costs and those well, somebody ratios. somebody has a a, a three-bedroom one-bath home in newport ritchie average home by just by looking at the yeah. pictures average normal not a rundown shack but not anything, but average but not anything that's been totally redone yeah and they have it for $339,000. And people on Facebook are going, they'll never get that. They'll never get that. That's insane. And the, very, and the person who said put sold yesterday. Yeah. 
And I believe that it was sold yesterday. I've seen. My daughters are looking for a place to live right now. Oh, my God, I hope they find one. Oh, my God, I hope they find one. <laughs> catching the subtlety there? Yeah. The face, of, the face of a man who does not want to have guests. How do you know that the person living with you, this roommate or this person who's just staying with you for a little while, as Stewie would say on Family Guy, a little while, how do you know that this person, the, these people are making an impact in your, in your daily life? I'll explain it. Trash bags. Oh, fill up fast. Think about it. My wife and I, we struggle to fill that blue trash can outside our house. We struggle to fill that twice a week. That's a pet peeve. It's full every Wednesday night and every Sunday night. Oh, God. Now, that just lets you know that's the effect. Cause just a, and that's just one little yeah, thing. Yeah, and that's food. Most of your trash that's thrown away is empty food containers, most. Think about that. Right. What, what other trash do you throw yeah, away? Like styrofoam and plastic containers. So that before are... you, that, that's how you know somebody when they go, oh, I'm just looking for a couple couple weeks. And, yeah, you Just notice how many trash bags you use. There's, mm-hmm. there's the effect. It absolutely disrupts things. It's, you know, it, it, when you live in a house or your own little, even if you have your own little studio apartment, you have your own routine. That's your one space where you can do mostly your stuff. You know, if you have a spouse, you have to you figure out how to live with them. But you've got your routine, and then when other people come and disrupt it, it screws up everything. You know, you get to a point where the comforts and routines are more important than anything. Yeah, and that it's just we just don't want them. And I thought it was hilarious. My wife said, well, you know, while the girls are just here for that short time, we could just rearrange your office and put it. No, we're not. No, 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 no. Put them in the same bed. Well, that's uncomfortable. Good. Right. You don't want them. You don't want. Right. You need to. I love my daughters. I really do. You want them? You want them? (laughs) Um, Appreciate the offer. Because I swear to God, dude, I'll give you some real great owner financing (laughs) on this stuff. And by the way, no returns. No exchanges, no returns. Yeah. Um, No, I understand what you mean. You don't want to make it easy to stay. You know, you want to encourage finding and, and motivate, so to speak. Yeah. I, I understand. I, I would. Just be, don't check my browser because I looked on there. Uh, white slavery, do they pay by the pound? <laughs> well, you know, it's, yeah, it's, 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 don't, don't look at my browser for other reasons, but they're definitely, they're right, definitely but that. But now, now they will. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we solved all the world's problems in uh, in segment number one. Segment number two, we're coming back with our One Hit Wonders Tournament Special Edition, as they say in the business. And uh, you are listening to The Lighter Side of the Dark with Solio and Smith. I am Smith. I'm Solio. And we'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Solio from The Lighter Side of Dark, and I want to talk about my favorite bakery in the whole world, Cuppy Cakes. If you live in the greater Tampa Bay area and you have a special event coming up, uh, a wedding, birthday, getting off probation, I want you to give them a call, go to their website, check out their work. It is impeccable. They've been around since 2011, and they make the most incredible custom cakes you'll ever see www.ourcuppycakes.com or you can find them on Pinterest, Instagram, or Facebook. Check them out today. I promise you won't be disappointed. Cuppy Cakes, where life is sweet. 
Looking for a unique and different kind of entertainment for your next fun event? Try a real live TV-style game show at your home or your next event. All your favorites, The Feud, Jeopardy, Pyramid, Match Game, The Really Wood Game, and on and on. This is no board game or DVD version. This is the real deal. Full-blown TV setups, just like going to Hollywood, but saving you the trip to the West Coast. All ages love game shows and styles available to fit all budgets. Call 727-531-8880 or visit the website at GameShowParty.com and plan your next event being the one everybody will be talking about. Game Show Party, located right here in the Tampa Bay area. Social distancing guidelines respected. Lighter Side of Dark featured musical artist. It is the One Hit Wonder Tournament. Tournament of Champions. This has been fun. We've we've now got it to where we're throwing out three each, each week, and then we're having a vote from the audience. One winner moves on to the tournament. Week, in the tournament. Week one, uh, Wild Cherries play that funky music, White Boy, which was, I think, your suggestion. That was my suggestion. Yes. Week, num- week number two, I thought it was going to be the Pina Colada song mm-hmm. because that was uh, that was the one I thought had the most popularity. But we, but found we had a technicality. <clears throat> but we found out that him, Rupert Holmes, had, a, had another song called Him. Him. And uh, him made him ineligible. That's true, because a real, a real one you said it peaked at six at one point I think so, yeah. on the chart, so that, that would say... Strangely enough, though, out of all of our listeners, that one didn't win anyway. Okay, so it wouldn't have needed wouldn't to... Wouldn't have mattered. Okay. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be, be happy, happy now. By Bobby McFerrin, which was another. Maybe it's the whistling, it's the good moods yeah. part of it. <laughs> See, we, we, we could just, if it's if the two of us, we could yeah. be Bobby McFerrin yeah. together. Like I said, man, bring in Biz Marquee from the grave. And oh, do man. A little uh, beatboxing in the background. So, yeah. Uh, yep, I think that's uh, that's what we're, uh, so now we got uh, two in the tournament so far. We're about to drop uh, drop three on you this week uh paul's doing great with his suggestions so far so uh we're gonna let him uh we're gonna let him open it up this week all right who you got i'm gonna start things off oh yeah one hit wonders from the rock and roll era 1955 till current uh can't have more than one song charted in the top 40 sorry had to throw in that uh, no that's good that's just safe safe when used as director void (laughs) reprobate your actual one hit wonders may vary just covering the basics basically pretty much everything that that you would expect to be on the table is on the table I'm going to kick things off with a song by D-Light called Groove is in the Heart. As a matter of fact, I love uh, that song. To this day has a real kind of a, I don't know, disco spy sort of vibey. It's it's really funky and um, has a cool, and for whatever reason, they were never really able to duplicate that it's such a great song yeah it has a great beat and uh, it's fun Bootsy Collins appears I mean you know there's a slide whistle there's a lot of good things yeah, there's a great scene in, in the movie The Heat with Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy in that song. 
Okay. Great bar scene with that song. <laughs> oh, God. But, uh, yeah, I was, uh, again, with, with most of these songs, most of the ones we've talked about, I was actually DJing when they were still popular. Mm-hmm. You could get them as individual songs. And this, as soon as I heard it, it's just yeah, awesome. You kind of, and sometimes also, you know. One of the only songs that has a in the song. You're right. Yeah, it, it does. Has, has the a, finger pop and the slide whistle. Yeah. And they just shoved it in there and said, you're going to love it. And we did. Yep. It's it was definitely a, uh, a one-hit wonder by a group called D-Light. D-E-E-E. It has three E's. D-E-E. D-Light. Because you can't spell it just delight. That would be wrong. It's not groovy enough. Yeah. I think the singers were A-A-Ron, Balake, D-Nice. So they kept it in alphabetical order, at least. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So Groove is in the Heart by D-Light. That is an excellent... Excellent choice on your part. All right. I've got one here for you. We're going back to 1978, 79 okay. maybe for this one. See if you recognize A couple it. of years ago. Boogie with a suitcase, living at a disco. Forget about the rat race. I mean, you know, real amazing lyrical genius. That was that was 1978 or 79. I huh? think, I it, think it's it was. interesting because it sounds like it's almost like it ushered in. Let's uh, let's see, 79. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it started to kind of usher in the 80s sound with it, with it. That that's why synthesizer I, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, by the uh, the the group that you all know and love, M. Yeah, M. <laughs> you know. You know the group that, that grandma and grandpa always loved and, and your parents always loved growing up, the one you always... So did you get the new M album? Yeah. Or, or, they, or they'd say, who's your favorite artist? Mm, yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, pop music by M got up as high, I think is... Time's a top ten hit, I believe. Yeah. It's and, catchy. And again, I don't know why. Yeah, it, it's it's like a, it's one of those earwormy, annoying... Now you, now you, hear, you hear that snippet in... More in like clips, it feels like, and video clips and commercials and that kind of thing. It's one of those that becomes commercially popular for for odd reasons. One of the ones I was uh, going to use, I haven't found yet, so I'm going to add it into next week's uh, One Hit Wonder Tournament. My entry will be uh, next week for this one I was thinking about, but I'm looking for another one here. So, all right, so so, we, so far we got D-Light, Groove is in the Heart, Pop Music by M. We are now awaiting... Solio's next foray. Next contribution to the uh, one-hit wonder, and I think this is the case, so correct me if I'm wrong, Devo with Whip It. I'm not sure if Devo had any other top four. Uh, you might be... I know that they were pretty like popular, had a kind of a cult following, I, 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 and, and still today, even. But I don't know that they had any other charting songs. I'm actually checking the Bible. Okay, right we're going to verify. We have ways of eliminating these. We'll go to the judges. Correct. That is correct. Oh, right. was, their, uh, was their only we're real hit. Only top 40. Okay. That's, that's the main... Good choice. So, Devo, I had kind of forgotten about that. Yeah, they're... they're uh, 
again, trying to make like music of the future and ended up making music of the 80s. But it certainly defined the 80s, which is now popular again. So they, in a way, did make music in the future. Right. All came full circle. Well, when I first started DJing in the fi- in the 80s, 50s parties were the big thing. Sure, the retro would have been like that, 30, right. 25, 30 and then, years. And then when I was DJing in the 90s, uh, 50s was still the retro party. <laughs> and then we got into the 2000s, and then it was kind of that, then disco. People realized there were other decades. You know, dis- disco became popular for about 15 years, so, so, so themed parties were disco, and now it's 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm starting to hear 90s creep in now. You know, yeah. it's it's the beginning stages of 90s being the cool throwback with the, the requests for Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. And and it's it's starting to shift. But 80s is... Any decade party can really can be fun, honestly. But uh, you have to... You have to wait till that decade becomes in demand. You know, 2000s, we're not there yet. I'm sure it will be eventually. We'll be having people want to hear Lil John and... You know, okay, all right. Yeah. You mean, yeah. you mean, okay, yeah. That's yeah. what you mean. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I think that's a, uh, that's a good choice. Devo. So you're, you're, you're going to that 70s and 80s realm. Well, I'm going to keep us in the 80s for this next one-hit wonder. And the opening guitar riff of this song is just so cliche 80s. I hope you're ready. Sure. going to the ballet not just any ballet the spandau ballet god good this song is just the only missing is it's like a big bottle of log cabin syrup and it and it really is still popular i still hear this on adult contemporary radio stations which tells me the algorithm makes them keep it in the rotation for some reason um it's odd it's really an odd phenomenon it's I, I can tell you that really. uh, uh, I'm gonna ask you as a DJ you ever had luck with playing it as a slow song and having it work I've never played it as a slow song because it's never been requested okay. even though I feel like the 80s makes this out to be some kind of slow song I don't think it is and I wouldn't play it I was DJing a wedding reception at the old Santa Madeira restaurant which was that old boat used to be right by the water. It was a big, huge uh, sailing ship by okay. the water. And it was a really terrible place to play as a DJ. Yeah. And so I was DJing a wedding there one night, and somebody requested a song that was track 16 on Totally 80s. So I put in the CD, tracked it up to 16, hit play. Track 15 is Spandau Ballet's True. Okay. I actually hit that by mistake. Whoops. And the song started playing. People got up from their seats and flooded the dance floor. Really? And I, I, I sat back kind of in awe, jaw agape, yeah. going, what? You're kidding me. It flooded the dance floor. It oh. didn't just get a few couples. Yeah, yeah. it was like a heavy hitter. It was like point. a can't help falling in love, yeah. unchained melody, crazy Patsy Cline kind of packing the dance floor. And I thought, oh. Shit, I gotta add another song to the heavy hitters list. Right. This thing worked like crazy. It's never worked since. Interesting. Never worked since. Worked that night. Never worked that since. That is so weird to me to think that it worked. Because I feel like it was always portrayed that way. To me, it's more just like you said, you, you, you want a bowl, a, a, you know, thing of syrup. It's just a sappy ballad, a sappy Euro pop kind of ballad. That's, that's how it comes off to me. 80s, overproduced, typical stuff. 
um, not that it's not an interesting song, I guess, but I would never think this is a great slow dance. Mm-hmm. It's the, the the tempo kind of gets a little janky for Caucasians slow dancing. Caucasians need all the help they can get when it comes to slow dances. It's, it's got to have a, it's got a heavy enough beat to it that Caucasians can rock back and forth. Just needs too. to be accessible, I think, yeah. and and it's not that accessible. Uh, a lot, and a lot of songs that people think are going to be accessible are but not. But it is truly a one-hit wonder. Yeah. That's, and that's the point. So good, good uh, addition to. Good on me. Got, is that what we have some. We have some good. Uh, good yeah, on good me. on you. Good on you, boy. All right. Got what some, is your uh, third and, and final offer? Let's see here. Foray into the uh, tournament here. All right. I'll throw out. Oh, boy, what do I want to put in there? I'll, this is a, a little bit of an odd choice, maybe, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Aren't um, all one hit one? I think kind that, of an odd choice. that's true. That's true. We 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 had. Uh, we had Thomas Dolby last week. He he's that was an odd song, but definitely a one-hit wonder. Gary Newman, Cars. Interesting. Okay. Uh, oddly enough, I st- still kind of hear this creep into the rotation once in a while. If uh, on the uh, on the off ch- times that I catch any terrestrial radio, uh, I believe the story behind this song is that he was uh, ice like literally trapped in his car one night i think for safety i think he was locking himself in his car one night fearing i don't know if it was a bad neighborhood or he had been chased was afraid of getting mugged locked himself in his car and he wrote this song and that became a huge hit and almost fits more with today's music well, he starts off and says, uh, you know, I'm safe in my car. You're in my car. I feel safest yeah. of all. I, I think that all. was the kickoff point for, so he must have just been in a certain place where he, maybe that was a, a, like a comfort. So trauma and or drama. Seriously. Helped him write a song. Exactly. So yeah. I thought that was an interesting story uh, for, for kind of an odd song. Have we thought about perhaps Gary Newman is the him that Rupert Holmes is talking about? Maybe. maybe with him, Rupert, him, maybe, him. Maybe Rupert Holmes is coming after him with uh, a, base, a baseball bat because that he guy. turned out to be him. He was him. The guy with the nice car. Yeah. And then, and then Gary Newman said, well, dude, you were the one that left your wife and then got back with her. I know. In, at the same bar that you always go to. I just, just wanted her to feel safe in my car with me. That's where I feel safe, so... Sorry, Rupert. Good choice. That's a, that's a we're, uh, having a we're having a good run here today. That's a uh, that's a good choice. This is going to be a tough vote because I, I like I, I like a lot of these songs uh, to get votes. If I'm if if I'm voting on this, I'm I'm having a tough time figuring out because I guess it depends on whatever your reasoning is. You know, I thought maybe Hathaway's song. I think that was my prediction. I thought Hathaway because of the the stupid movie. I thought, okay, maybe people are going to vote for that because of, because of the skit. It didn't work out that way nope. at all. So I, I don't even know what to guess for this. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a very interesting week. I've got uh, a song in, from the rock and roll yeah. genre. All right, let's let's the, let's mix it up a little the bit. The rock and roll genre. Oh yeah. This was on an eight-track tape I had in the 70s called Southern Fried Rock. I could totally see why it was called that. Ram Jam. Ram Jam. 
Take it away, lead vocalist. I think she had a child and the damn thing gone. The damn thing gone. A remake of uh, of a really really old uh, song uh, is that that is I, I had found out, and I guess that explains kind of the, the lyrics that seem a little uh, maybe insensitive <laughs> would be the term. Are you saying it might be a race record? Maybe a little racially charged. A little race records out you might be saying but, that, Paul. Yeah, but as it turns out, it's like a really old song back when that was kind of you know everyday conversation, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, but what an incredible musical interpretation of it! What, uh, that lick, you could see why they were a jam band, though. They they probably were messing around one day, and that just that was such a great opening lick. You gotta build. Yeah, when I when song. I think about that song, I I lost a, a a trivia round on that song because for some strange reason, I they they were asking for the artist, and I said sweet. The group that did Ballroom Blitz. Okay. Because I get Ballroom yeah. Blitz and Black Betty because they're both Sometimes double Bs. wires get crossed in the double brain. Double Bs. I have that problem with certain things that I always mix up that really, from the outsider, you're like, what, what? but your, your brain has decided. I can tell you right now that my brain has an issue with people or things that start with the same letter. Okay. For the longest time, I could not think of the actor's name, Vince Vaughn. I always loved him as an actor. I think he plays the same guy in every movie. But yeah. I could never think of his name. So the double, like the, the double, double consonants or, or... Same thing with Helen Hunt. Weird. You I would could, think that that would be a mnemonic device almost. Melissa McCarthy. Right. These are actors and actresses that I love. I think they're great. I think they're funny. Right. I think they're, they're, they're great. But I have a hard time remembering their name. And I had to really beat that stuff into my head. Yeah. So Black Betty and, uh, and Ballroom Blitz. Same thing. Ram Jam, Black Betty, Ball Blitz. Yeah, that's a that's a mouthful yeah. there. Ballroom Blitz was a remade in the Wayne's World movie by uh, Carrera. Tia Carrera. Tia Carrera. Was, uh, she definitely screamed a lot in that. Oh yeah. I don't know if uh, she definitely. Had... I'm not into Asian women, but she was. No, she, she was. She was gorgeous. Beautiful. Uh, definitely was very and, and kind of an odd choice for the time. Like, I just... mean, I'm a heterosexual white male, and I'm not into Asian girls. Figure that out. You know, I, what, it's it's weird to say. I know it sounds horrible, but when I see like a, a like a twenty to thirty something Asian girl, I expect to see like a gray haired white dude, like a tubby white dude. There's a, a Thai food truck that my wife and I love. That's the like this balding white, totally white haired guy, but he loves her. He loves her food. He's so like it's genuine. Like mm-hmm. he's so, but that seems to be a real match for whatever reason. All I can say is is uh, Asian women say uh, it's because they, they don't age. That they always look young. They do seem to have good they're, genes. They're, they're appealing to older white males because they are young. And people don't realize in porn, the most often searched for word on porn sites is not anal, it's not gangbang, it's not, it, it's teen. Oh God! It's the truth. It's absolutely the truth. It's the most sought after, really? searched word Yikes. in porn is "teen." That's kind of makes me feel a little creepy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, but you have to go. You know, have I ever? Yeah, sure. But you know, it's not. It's not like my my thing. But um, but that is the most often searched word in porn. It has nothing to do with uh, you know, like uh, golden showers or crazy crap oh, like that, oh, oh, <laughs> or, or fisting with a ph, whatever. Right. Um, you know, it, it, yeah. 
the pH. That that's what makes it sophisticated. Teen. I think it's the pH. And I've seen uh, plenty of beautiful young girls. I don't want to talk to them because I just I just oh they're just vapid. Yeah, I mean it, it takes. Uh, there's not a lot of people in general I want to talk to. Young people, they're in such a different place. Young girls, they're they're finding their way. I would be so bored. What's, what's really funny though is uh, every imitation that I ever do of a young girl. I sounds like this. Sounds yes, like you're very flattering to the imitation. <laughs> I know that you love them. I'm a millennial, a Gen Z, whatever. It's well, the ones just, on their phone. And, and just know. imagine their eyes completely rolling back of their head. All you see is the white of their eyes. Oh my god, rolling so, back. What you said was so racist. Doing Why? like because I, laps I, I said Doctor. Martin Luther King Jr. was a civil rights leader. Yeah, I got told by our ton of lies. Our racist. Whatever. Yeah, just looking for. Let's deal. Let's find the real issues first before we start attacking words and connotations and intent and and canceling the world. Yeah, intent. Let's All see. right. So our six choices for this week. Uh, your three. All right. We got uh, D Light with Grooves in the Heart. Yep. Uh, Devo Whip It and Gary Newman Cars. My three, uh, Spando Ballets, true. Uh, pop Music by M. Pop, pop. And Black Betty by, by Ram, Ram Jam. Or African American Beatrice, whatever you want to call her. Whatever is uh, uh, yeah. the right thing to say. Uh, I think they were just jamming out to a lick. And they're like, oh, then this, this, this works with it. Just So, um, yeah, that's going to be that's a nice mix. We got all kinds of got got dance. A lot, we got a lot of 70s and 80s in there. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of 70s we also have a dance. We also got a rock. Something might emerge. Curious, though, in your opinion, which decade produced more one-hit wonders, do you think? The 80s, I, 80s or the 90s? I feel like I want to say the 80s, but I could be completely wrong. I, I think it's... I, I always lean to the 80s. There was a lot of one-hit wonders out of the 80s. Um, rap in the early 90s, there was a lot of one-hit wonder rap songs. Not even rap groups, but rap songs. Yeah. That had, uh, that had and hits. And a lot of things on pop radio. You know, there's always that risk of... Especially now, like things just come and go so fast. So you just don't know. I'd have to go back and look through the 90s, but it's possible that there are more, but because there were so many, some even just fell through the cracks. I mean, the charts seem to change over quicker now than they used to. I don't know if that's. I know uh, one, of, one, of, one of our uh, listeners who's a uh, college, uh, excuse me, high school friend of mine, uh, Wayne, um, quotations, Wally. Evans, he was uh, he was a Wally. Let's just explain it. Wayne Wayne Evans. If ever there were a Wally, a yeah. Wally there was. He 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 literally went by Wally. Everybody called him Wally. He was basically um, a skinny white guy, Afro, glasses. If Urkel was a white guy. Okay, that sounds about. That's what a Wally. Likeable, mm-hmm. really nice guy. Ended up being voted class president. Because everybody liked him. Oh, good for Wally. He was a, he was a good dude. He's a good dude. And uh, we're still friends to this day. We talk on the phone periodically, and we're on Facebook. Well, he commented that, uh, oh, no, 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 no. Thomas Dolby had a lot of other hits. In, in his rotation, he did. And I said, back, like, name one. And he, he listed, like, three album cuts. From, I said, no, in this case, nobody could be a one-hit wonder because they released 12 songs on an album. I know. You can't have but go with deep, cu- we're, we're deep talking, cuts. We're talking hits here. Yeah. 
he's the one that brought up him by Rupert Holmes. I guess I'll give you that one. So that one's been eliminated. We'll, we'll eliminate yeah. that one. No, and, and I want that. I want anything. If we ever miss where something chart, they had a song that, second song that charted, even if it was for a week, I'd, I would rather not have it in there because from a technical standpoint, I think there's enough songs to where we can exclude those types of uh, on-the-fence ones. So yeah, that was a good catch. Charting is, is a weird phenomenon. It is. Because what do you think is the greatest party song of all time? Oh, me, boy. it's old-time rock and roll. Yeah, that, that's That a, one packs the dance floor every time yeah. I play it. Really, any age, that, that will work. Right. So that's a good choice. That song only got as high as 37 on the top 40. Yeah, the correlation. And, and Play That Funky S- Music, you said, I don't think was a very big hit no, on actually, the charts. No, no, it did number one. Oh, it, it did? It, it did go number but, one. But how long? It wasn't there For that three long. weeks. Okay. Yeah. So that almost seemed like, well, it was a one-hit wonder, but it seemed like it would go away after that. Yeah. And I guess somehow, we could call that a one-hit number one. One hit number one. Yeah, I mean that maybe maybe that has slightly elevated status because of that fact. Well, it's made it into the tournament so far. I wonder. Um, I don't know. I, I get like I said, this is gonna be a tough one this week. It may have to come. It may come down to just people's musical tastes by the end. You know that that could be that could be it. I don't really know what what the criteria for voting has been, but that's why I'm interested to see what what does eliminate uh, or what does make it to the end because this is, you know, it's really we're going by. By uh, audience vote, not by our vote. We're we're just sort of throwing them out, and they're gonna hit it. They're gonna have a lot to choose from by the time we get to the. Because uh, I think with the last four weeks of the season, that's when we yeah. start doing the tournament. I mean, we, we could always consider like eliminating. We gotta get a dry erase board and do a bracket. Right. So we can like see we it. may have to do this tournament again where we, you know, take out some of the finalists and then give another run with a with an official bracket and see what what would come out from the. Uh, the rest of it if uh we could have people like uh, we could print out the brackets put them on our website and people could print out the bracket and see which one they think is going to win right. they went a trip to uh cancun or some shit like that yeah we can get really fancy with dude this i'll give away a vacation I'm, I'm just that kind of guy you're not afraid to give away a vacation and, and people i hope are not afraid to go on one i ain't a scared Mm-mm. all right we're gonna be back with segment number three which is our mount rushmore segment the only segment that has been consistent in the entire five seasons of uh, Lighter Side of Dark with Soli and Smith has been in the Mount Rushmore segment this week is famous fashion designers. We are very cultured this yeah, week. We are fashionistas. Mm-hmm. Is that possible? Or we, can we be anista? Oh, we can we can pretend for, for just this segment, okay. I think. Fashionista. It's legal. I've, I've, I know who RuPaul is. Yeah, there you go. So that's all that, you need. That's qualified. Like he's both. All right, we'll be back. have old furniture that you just don't like anymore? Instead of throwing it away, donating it, or selling it at a yard sale, then spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on new furniture, consider having your old furniture redone. My wife and I did, and we don't regret it. The bedroom set was great. It was well built. Just the old oak finish was not only worn out, but outdated. The good people at Obsessed Distressed Furniture took them and made it look like we had a whole new set. And it was a lot less than paying for a new one. They can do just about any color combination 
presentation, and adding that distressed look is really in style nowadays. From bedroom sets, dining room sets, to even a simple coffee table and end tables. Whatever your needs, they even sell furniture they've already completed. So visit their website at obsesseddistressed.com or call 352-600-8221 or look them up on Facebook. Obsessed Distressed Furniture, making your old furniture new again. We abide by all CDC and COVID restriction requirements. Hey everyone, it's Solio from the lighter side of dark. Let's be honest, 2020 has not been a lot of fun so far, and we could all probably use some laughs. When I need some laughs, my favorite place in the world to be is at Sidesplitters Comedy Club in Tampa, Florida. Live stand-up comedy every Wednesday through Sunday night. Nationally touring acts, there's even acts you've probably never heard of that are hilarious. If you've never seen a live stand-up show, I want you to go. They are so much different in person and they are so much better. You feel the energy, you really feel like you're part of something special. Sidesplitterscomedy.com, you can get your tickets online, you can pick out your seats online so you can sit wherever you want. If you want to be in the back because you're afraid, that's fine, you can do that. Go to sidesplitterscomedy.com and grab your tickets today. Now it's time for our Mount Rushmore segment, brought to you by Side Splitters Comedy Club in Tampa. Who is going to be at the split? Well, there's one very special show this uh, Saturday that I want to talk about uh, at the Carrollwood location. Um, and it's my good friend Ron Hortman is putting it on. It's a, it's a show, Comedy for a Cause. Ron uh, is a, he's a local comic, also tours nationally, and he's got a lovely wife and four lovely children. Uh, two of them suffer from sickle cell anemia. So Ron is going to be doing uh, an event on Saturday, November 20th uh, called Comedy for a Cause, and some of the proceeds are going to be collected to help pay for their medical and their treatments. Um, but Ron is a fantastic, fantastic comedian. Um, I, I started... He spells his name in a weird way. Yeah, R-A-H-N. Huh. So, uh, but uh, he's, he's great. He's clean, but he's funny. And he, he tells stories that a lot, I think anyone can relate to, honestly, if, if, uh, whether you're living around here or not. He's just, just a great comic um, and a great guy. And I know the lineup is going to be good. I, I, I'm sure he'll be there. I'm not sure who else is performing, but I know... This is a one-show only Saturday This is a one-show Saturday thing. Um, let's see if I can find any start time. It looks like it's just November 20th. So it may be... Festival seating. <laughs> Bring your lawn chairs. Let me see here. See this event. I want to see if there's a time. I don't see a time. So on the website, you can go to the actual Most of it, now with the time change of it's dark at 6 o'clock, I'd say 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock at the yeah, latest. Between so, 6 uh, just, and Yeah, visit sidesplitterscomedy.com. Sidesplitterscomedy.com. Yeah, sidesplitterscomedy.com. And uh, go check it out and uh, support uh, a hilarious comedian. And, and a good guy who, uh, in fact, I'm going to be, uh, I'm trying to get him on the show, actually. I'd like to interview Ron, and maybe he can talk a little bit more, because I think he's going to be doing these shows once in a while. So maybe I can get him to talk a little bit more about, you know, get some more people out there, more people uh, helping him. Helping Absolutely. Him Absolutely. Maybe he should have answered his phone this week. I <laughs> got some exposure. I know. We've got I like a dozen people Could have been four more seats. Bowl. Yeah. Eight more dollars per table. 
I'm telling you what. Raking it in. Two drink min- minimum. Mm-hmm. Forget it. So uh, we like to go there, and uh, they have uh, they have good drinks. Bartenders do a great job, and uh, the desserts are good too. So if you're looking for a two, uh, like a two drink thing, go there and have hey, a drink and have a dessert. There's no shame in having a dessert at a comedy club. You know, if you sometimes you get a sweet tooth. It's not a good idea to, to get them to do a spit take though, and you end up shooting cheesecake out your nostril. That's true. Maybe I've get s- it towards like the uh, check drop. One I've night. seen that. I've actually seen that. It's not pretty. Oh, I believe it. You catch someone at the wrong time. Not pretty at all. Mm-mm. All right, the Mount Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore. You said uh, you, well, you were so excited to talk about fashion. Yeah, I think because and you know me. I know you. This is it. This is what we've been. We are uh, feeling fabulous. Yeah. I guess. I, I saw. I saw the movie Birdcage. Right. And one must have a hint of color. Of course, one. <laughs> one must. And, uh, and but uh, I can't think of the movie now. With the, uh, the Devil Wears Prada. That Devil was another Wears Prada. One. That, that's that's, that's one. so that was popular. So, um, yeah. So Did we, that one have Meryl Streep in it? That was the one where Meryl Streep was in it, yeah. Never saw it. She's like my one of my least favorite she seems, actresses. She seems so cold She to looks me. angry all the time. She does. I, Just, I feel like she is. She's like she's going to yell at me for something. Yeah. I, I, her, I, I always get her and Glenn Close confused. You know, they do have... That's weird. They, they Well, same era, sure. And yeah. light... At, at least uh, at, when I think of them in their prime, like when I think of uh, Fatal Attraction, Glenn oh, Close. Glenn the, Close. Light hair. Always picture her. I will not be ignored. Oh, Ooh. my gosh. Scary. Really tough. Really funny the crazy. is my, uh, my, my first wife, uh, second wife, Sheila, we saw that movie on our anniversary. Oh, fantastic. How perfect was that? That's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> my God. We were uh, divorced, I think, by the next anniversary. Go Ooh. figure. Yikes. All right, so fashion and uh, our qualifications for this is going to be uh, obviously clothing, um, fragrance, style. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess I, you. you it, could, they they all kind of dabble in, in all of it, yeah. so I think it's just fair to, to to classify it as a as a little of this, a little of that. Um, but would you would you do you have one in mind? Yes, to, I, just, I would. I would like to go first. Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein. CK. Good old, Iconic. Good old Calvin Klein. Calvin the mo- one of the most famous uh, comedy mentions of Calvin Klein ever. You remember? Mm-hmm. The movie? For what? The me- oh, 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 yes. One of the most famous movie yeah. mentions. Of the- to Go ahead. Yeah. Back to the Future. Yeah. He goes, why do you keep calling me Calvin? Well, you, that's your name, right? Calvin Klein. It's it's written on your underwear. The look on Michael J. Fox's I, face where his mom had been looking at I his know. underwear. That I love that line is so, like that whole scene is so great because like the 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 naivete that she has about it, like the innocence. She's like, well, it's written on your underwear. It's just great. You've been looking at my underwear, and oh. that, and then the embarrassment. We, we had to get you undressed to get you in bed. So yeah, Calvin yeah. Klein, um, <laughs> jeans. Uh, swimwear. I've had my share of their fragrances. Yes. That's, that's and, for and, sure. and fragrances, without a doubt. Um, uh, I think at last, at last check, the Calvin Klein brand uh, net worth is, is somewhere in the 160 to 170 billion dollar uh, wow. rankings. The B. Now to Elon Musk, that's you know 36.2 billion change. in one day. I know. He gets that in a day. I know. But he still looks like he looks. So. That's true. He looked even worse before the hair plugs. Isn't so if you can imagine, isn't, isn't that the truth? <laughs> so all right, yeah. So I would go uh, with uh, Calvin Klein. Uh, I think over over my lifetime, I had a pack of his underwear. I think I got as a Christmas gift in one of those gift exchange things, and uh, had a pair of Calvin Klein jeans. That I saved up sure. for in the eighties. Oh, yeah. Saved up for those bad boys. Wore the shit out of them. That's how, that's it. That's how you know it's it's. 
timeless, I guess. Yep. The old CK. Calvin Klein is my first one. Calvin Carvin into Mount Rushmore. Who you got? I think that's worthy. Let's see. I think... I, I'm not sure who I want to go with first. I'll go with... Let me go with the Italian fashion designer first. Giorgio Armani. Let's, Ooh, I, I, Armani. I, well, nice. I was thinking the elegant, relaxed sort of, you know, the suits and... and um, I just... I, I wanted to give a shout out More to... More thought some, about in male fashion that's true however they do offer female fashion that, that's true it is definitely i do associate it more with like a gq type of look um 1975 was when the whole uh the whole brand started and eventually kind of diversified into music sports and luxury hotels and it was crazy though because his suits when they first started out were, were crazy high priced at like 700 dollars mm-hmm. and now an armani suit you could you could spend three to four grand on one yeah yeah, it's amazing. So it, it actually increased. He he kind of his fashion philosophy, according to Armani, was that he wanted to soften the image of men and harden the image of women. So he dressed men in women's fabrics, and he stole from men what women wanted and needed, which was the power suit. So he he was kind of an innovator, I guess, in that sense. Where even though I think they are more known for like men's suits, he definitely had a vision for what he wanted to do, and he wanted to do new and different things with fashion. I want to go on record here and say that some of the fashion people we're talking about today, I have tried some of their stuff. And I was raised where there was no such thing as a $3,000 suit. There's no such thing as $100 sneakers. There's no such thing as a a shirt that you pay $50 for. I can tell you, when I went to a men's warehouse, I forget how long ago it was, um, they had two Armani suits. They don't sell Armani suits, but they had two Armani suits in there. And the salesman said, have you ever tried on an Armani suit? I said, no. He just put the, the jacket on me. The way this thing hung on me, the way it rested on me, was a totally different feeling than any other suit I'd ever had. All of the weight was in the shoulders. You could feel the entire weight of the entire jacket just on your shoulders interesting every place else it flowed it moved it was comfortable you didn't even feel like you had a jacket on it felt like somebody had put their two hands on your shoulders mm-hmm. but yet you were covered by a jacket interesting and i've put on um i, I love uh, I, I don't know if this is going to be one you're going to mention it's not one of my top four uh i love tommy bahama shirts i love tommy mm. bahama shirts they're comfortable they're just they do give you a different feel they are better quality they are better made whether somebody's willing to spend $130 on a shirt, I wouldn't. I typically find them secondhand, and then they're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a difference. And, and sometimes you think, well, no, they just put their, their name on somebody else's uh, stuff that they built, which is true. You can find watches with Calvin Klein's logo on it and watches with uh, Armani on it. But that doesn't mean Armani had anything to do with it. They just lended their logo to that particular watch as a fashion sense. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I would love to own an Armani suit. It's interesting. that I wonder if they purposely tried to find something, like maybe they doctored it a little bit, like we're going to make this really uncomfortable, and then we're going to sell more suits because we're the men's warehouse. Yeah. And that's what we do. It was comfortable, though. So, yeah, Armani, he was not on my list, but I would, I would say absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, in the conversation, at as, least. As far as, a, as far as a Mount Rushmore, I would say, yeah, you have to kind of carve his, uh, his name in there. All right, are we going to stay, uh, stay uh, a, a Italiano or Italian? 
Your your, your uh, designation for the next one. You ready? I'm ready. Versace. Okay, you got the Donatella, huh? Versace. Or in the movie um, Showgirls, which was a terrific movie with Elizabeth Berkeley, by the way. I just I think of the acting and it's oh, all oh I can ever gosh. think of. Yeah, the acting. Well, I think so of the performances. Gina Gershon, best supporting actress without a doubt. Just her bra was definitely supporting motivations. Her method movie. acting was just incredible. Yeah. So uh, yeah, in that movie she calls it Versace. Versace. Yeah. Oh God, poor girl. And he goes, no, it's pronounced Versace. Oh really? I thought it was Versace. <laughs> it's like, well. Oh, poor, poor naive little girl. <clears throat> Versace. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you're talking about some real, real high fashion. And I think he was one of the ones that uh, that gave away a lot of dresses to a lot of movie stars. Hmm. So she knew how to kind of get her with, name out. With the, with the simplicity of saying, when you're asked who you're wearing, make sure that you say Versace. Yeah. Give, giving him, you know, gowns of several thousand dollars. Absolutely. Just so they would say Versace. Yeah. Definitely. Versace, who doesn't know that? Yeah. And, of course, he ends up getting uh, killed on his uh, his front stoop. That was, yeah. That so was, very, very John Lennon of him. That was really, like, yeah, right. I don't know. Very creepy end to a, to a, to a fashion icon. Oh, yeah, he, he would have, he'd have been raking the money. I mean, his, his name is still raking in money right and left. That's his, true. That's all it has to have is the, the name to rake in money anymore. You really don't even have to be all that actively involved. Just uh, yeah. grab a burlap sack and make it into a dress and slap Versace on the back and suddenly everybody's buying it. That's it. That's how, that's, a lot of them figured that out a long time ago, I think. All right. So we got a lot of, uh, lot of them that are Italian, fellas. Who you got next? Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to uh, France then. And I think you got to give uh, credit to Coco Chanel. Now, this is not some... This is not a line I, you know, since I was going with a, uh, a line that may be associated more with guys. Coco Chanel, I think, has to be considered at least one of the innovators of all of it. I mean, who doesn't know Chanel Number no. 5 perfume? Um, it's, so, the, it's, it's, it's the Rolex of perfumes. Right. Introduced in 1921, and that sort of was the, uh, it, it seems like that was kind of the anchor, the financial anchor for the brand. Um, but People needed perfumes. And uh, eau de colognes back then, because uh, bathing wasn't as common yep. as people might think. She was uh, she was kind of the ruler of Parisian haute couture, as they say, and she had these. I, I guess her her idea was she had s- stylish but simple designs that encouraged fashionable women to sort of desert the complex and painful clothes that I guess they were always associated with wearing. Think of like the 19th century petticoats and corsets. And so she sort of helped try to push women into luxury being comfortable. Otherwise, it's not luxury. So she, again, I think in terms of influence and and uh, on design and, and being an innovator and being one of the first, I think you got to give uh, Coco Chanel a shout out for doing a little of everything. Well, Coco Chanel and Chanel as a company been around over 100 years now, or at least close to it. They've got to be oh, coming yeah. up, gotta be coming up think, on, on 100 years. I think so. If we're talking sheer numbers, though I do not think this particular company's logo should be carved in the Mount Rushmore if there were only four, if there were five or six heads on Mount Rushmore, I would think you've you got to throw Victoria's Secret up there. That's you know that's interesting. I guess I, I don't know why I didn't even consider that. 
I'm so used to the brands being names, even though because I, I was thinking fashion designer brands, um, but Victoria's Secret, who's like, do they have like a, a figurehead of no, sorts? No, the best part about it is is Victoria's Secret is it's a man. It's that's, a guy named Victor. That's the secret. That's the secret. This whole time. So for all three of you listening to the podcast, you just learned something. You learned or learned something today if you're in a red state. And if some some people maybe <laughs> that's learned learned it. I uh I, and some people may have may used, probably used to say that as a joke. And like, oh, I bet you know what the secret is. Victoria is a man. Yeah. Come to find out. It is. They were on to him. But you got to think about it. That's some, that's some pretty damn sexy lingerie. A guy would come up with that stuff. It's Well, it's smart, too, because he's, I guess, my my thinking is that he would have brought in female consultants to work with and, and sort of trust their opinion on things that are comfortable, things that women would, would feel sexy in but also feel comfortable in because I think that has to be the prerequisite. They're not cheap. All I can tell you is the uh, I've, I've shopped at Victoria's Secret at least once a year ever since oh, I've sure. been married. Some yeah. nice gifts to, yeah, gift, to be found. Gift, gift for the wife, of course. Because it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, as far as the I'm gift concerned. for the husband is a gift for the wife. And this one girl <laughs> says to me, she goes, well, what size is she? And I start looking around. And I point to some other lady's boobs and go, what size are your boobs? They don't normally answer. They love that. They usually it's run away. <laughs> they just file a uh, corporate complaint. I find out, you know, after they've cuffed me up, that, you know, that's really not a law. Brian <laughs> just just yeah. bothered her. Next or, time. Uh, well, he says, <laughs> well, um, um, would, you, would you like to see it, uh, would you like to see it on? And I thought she was, like, offering to, like, you know, model it for me. I'm like, hell yeah. And I said, well, I'm, I'm more concerned with getting them on the floor as quickly as possible. <laughs> so just toss them, wad them up on the floor. Yeah, that, okay, I'll take those. Would well, you have a, a, an express hook? Yeah. But, but I will tell you something that uh, my oldest daughter, when she was about, I don't know, 11 or 12, I, I, I love this child because she would just blurt stuff out. Like, you know, Dad, do you think I would be a good drug dealer? You know, stuff like that. Hmm. Or I have a thousand pennies. And then, so one day she says, um, what is blue balls? Oh. And boy. I said, I said, ask your mother. Ah. Um, that was my favorite line for that. But she asked about lingerie. She goes, I don't get lingerie. I just don't understand it. Why, why would, would a woman spend all this kind of money and, and just to take it off, basically? And I said, it's wrapping paper. That's about the best analogy you can it's give. It's wrapping paper. If I just went up to you and said, hey, Paul, happy birthday. Here, I got you, and I hand you a box, and it says, uh, Homedics sl- uh, House Slippers. Mm-hmm. You'd go, oh, oh thanks. The, the su- surprise. But if I hand you a box, and it's wrapped in all kinds of wrapping paper, you don't know what the hell's in it. There's some excitement there. That's the fun. And you get to the prize by taking off the wrapping paper. And she went, okay, I think I understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, honestly, and especially at that age, at 12, you know, you're... you're Maybe you've seen a cute boy or, or, or a cute girl, you know, whatever, at that age. But it's not, you're not there yet. You're not at that point where you understand the complexities of it. But I think that that's about a, a concise way. It's wrapping and, paper. And what kid doesn't understand Christmas and birthdays? It's so. wrapping paper. It's really all it is. That's it. Do you have a particular preference in lingerie? Because I do. White lingerie. I, I like, actually, I, white. I love white lingerie. And I love those white pantyhose with the line down the back. That's my, that you know if I'm if I'm dressing Halle Berry and Victoria's Secret that's what I'm and I have to say white it, it makes tan look even tanner yes. so it's it's flattering in that sense it kind of it kind of gives a nice color it's uh, since it's such a I I guess we I guess I could say. 
because I I have I've been with more than one woman. Hard to believe, married <gasps> more than one Don't woman. Don't say it's that. It's a truth. It's a truth. And um, skin tone has a lot to do with it, though. I've seen some some black women wear white lingerie. I'm like, oh my god, wow. Uh, but I've also seen black women wear various colors. That Purple. It's like <laughs> yeah, like blue and even yellow and red. Red is probably my least favorite. Not that I would ever turn it down. But I know what you mean. Yeah. Too aggressive. It's kind of like red nail polish to me. It, it, it seems kind of... A little too much. Yeah, a little too much. So, um, but I have seen uh, like women with an Asian complexion in various colors that look really nice and stuff. But those mocha-complected women, I'll say the Mariah Carey's and Halle Berry's and Beyonce's, that skin mm-hmm. tone, white, I'm there. I'm so there. Yeah. White's up. But as far as numbers, Victoria's Secret surpasses a lot of these ones we've talked about here just in every day women walking around wearing pink uh shirts pink hoodies and and pink sweatpants just with the word pink on it brilliant that has become so, so simple but so brilliant that and that's the thing that that's like when the thing that makes you want to like hit your head like how did they figure this out it's it's so easy, but they make it. They just make it look easy. They make it look like it's so simple, like a like Dr. a great athlete, you know. Doctor Dre's headphones, Beats, Beats by Dre, Beats. That's just it. just Beats. Beats. That's what you're yeah. you're listening to when you're wearing them. Beats. Simple, repeatable, uh, related to the product. They're just great at marketing and and sort of uh, promoting, just understanding the psychology. We should come it. up with eyeglasses. Call them C. 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 No, just the letter C. Perfect. C. C. What kind of Fashion. glasses do you need to see? C. Just one letter B. Yeah. C. C. Like yes. M. An M could do our theme song. Maybe. He's probably yeah. not busy right now. Exactly. Very M. <laughs> you want to write a song for C? His opening act would be Gary Newman in his car. He would. I'd, Gary would stay in his Any, car. Anybody else you want to add for uh, honorable mention? Maybe honorable mention Ralph Lauren. Um, American fashion designer. You know, maybe... Uh, I, I think probably recognized by a lot of the casual casual people. I don't know well, that I put him I've up there. No, I've got another one of them Americans. Tommy Hilfiger. Tommy Hilfiger. Tommy oh. Hilfiger. Yep. Tommy Hilfiger. How can I forget Tommy I Hilfiger? S- I really do think Tommy Hilfiger's colorblind, though. I really think he's colorblind. Because some of the colors he puts together, yeah. even the gap goes, uh, Yeah, I'm not, no personally, I'm, I'm not a Tommy. I don't really like their stuff. But, I, had a Tommy uh, Hilfiger, I had a Tommy Hilfiger shirt. Got as a Christmas gift, early 90s. And, like, everywhere I went, someone would someone would stop and go, is that a Hilfiger shirt? Because so the color? It was, it was kind of like Bugle Boy jeans, like Maybe that stupid Bugle Boy jeans commercial. It was like, you know, people would stop. Is that Bugle Boy jeans? Go-Go's yes, would are. stop the concert. And yeah. Like, Excuse me, are those Bugle Boy jeans you're yeah. wearing? I got one more. Uh, uh, Yves Saint Laurent. Yves Saint Laurent. Yves Saint Laurent. Yves Saint Laurent. Is Yves there Saint any, Laurent. no relation to uh, Ralph Laurent? I don't know. But it's Yves Saint Laurent. Yves Saint Laurent. Mentioned in uh, pop songs all the time. And uh, Uptown Funk. Uh, Mentions yeah. get, get Your Saint Laurent. Okay. So that's what that's a reference to. Now yeah, I, there you go. Now I can connect all those dots. Now you can sleep tonight. I can. Before I couldn't. But I, I like to know all the references in every song. So I learned something today. Yep, so that's a, yeah, that's a pretty good Mount Rushmore, I think. I think that's uh, a pretty uh, decent uh, fashion, fashion Mount Rushmore. I'm, you know, you could say there's other known designers, but I, I'd say at least the ones we've mentioned would be, would be the, would have to be the ones, you know, I, I, I guess. Yeah, Calvin Klein, Armani, uh, uh, Chanel. 
Versace, I'd say those got to be the big four. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I there's yep, others underneath, underneath Mount Rushmore. It would be sponsored by Victoria's, Victoria's Secret. Secret Pink. <laughs> it painted with uh-huh. pink. Yeah, the so pink. They the, got enough money to sponsor the whole thing. The pink Mount Rushmore of uh, they would be doing that. So yeah, I think uh, I, I think we've we've showed our range today in covering a topic so uh, beyond beyond what what people may have uh, assumed with i have to be honest in my case when someone sees me in an outfit and they go oh my gosh you look great it's always something my wife picked out oh yeah 100 percent of the time i well uh, you know we're fortunate to have like stylish wives who kind of can they're both artistic yeah, they are. They are, and 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 they have a good eye. They're not creative. Rain Man artistic. No, not no, no, not a you, an R. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, uh, you're, no, actually, sometimes actually, my wife does because I'll come out of the closet and she'll. You're definitely, definitely, definitely not wearing that. You're definitely not wearing that. She gives you the Rain Man treatment. Yeah. That's how you know yeah. it's not. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I'm in that camp. I'm, I'm a lot I, more comfortable in my them. Kmart clothes. K- K- Kmart sucks. Kmart sucks. Yeah. Definitely cheap threads. Try about me a joke. Uh, love Rain Man. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've always had, I've always been like behind the fashion trend by a year. I, I kind of, you know, it'll get popular. I'll have it a year and a half later. I've tried to learn some basic rules of thumb for fashion, and then my wife, if she sees something, and like she always, and I'm like, oh yeah, of course, because any idea she has for the house, like you know, we'll do little changes here over time when we can. Anything she suggests is always great. It, like, I just, I want to see it. She wants, I'm, I appreciate that she gives me, like, veto or, or wants my opinion. But I know it's nothing I could ever come up with. I've seen, I've seen you dress yourself, Paul. I can, tell, it, it right I can now. tell the difference in your, when you married your lovely wife. I can see a difference. If, if we were going out somewhere on purpose, I would be like, baby, you know, what do you think of this? If, what goes back? Your previous choices before her was hamper or floor. Oh, of course. I think that's the life of a bachelor. I go, are you wearing hamper today, Paul? Oh, no. Well, well yes. Well, yes, I am. <laughs> Do you smell it? It's okay. <laughs> I rubbed a Febreze across my chest before I came. Do you get a whiff of hamper? Exactly. So, all right. Great show. That was fun. This was fun. Yeah, I never thought episode, it was uh, fun. Uh, episode three, uh, Trace, if you are yeah. uh, speaking El Spanish-o. And we talked about uh, fashion and... and companies that make purses even who knew yep didn't didn't even and, expect uh, it. we will be listing the uh six one hit wonders on uh, our facebook page and we would love your input yes vote for your i guess i don't know favorite or vote for you what you think should advance yeah the one that you think is really a, a, the biggest one hit wonder of the uh, of the six yes we had a couple slow songs on there and then a rock song and some stuff from yeah. the 80s so i like to just throw a bunch of shit at a wall see what sticks and see what gets all the votes next week uh, next week, episode four is going to be Dead Man's Dinner Party. Oh, it's been a while. Yep, we do one of these. Thinking. We do one of these per season where both Solio and myself talk about three guests, and it doesn't have to be three men. It just rolls off the tongue. Yep. Dead Man's Dinner Party. Dead Man's Dinner Party. Play a little Oingo Boingo to lead us in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be uh, talking about three dead people that we would invite to a dinner party and how we would appreciate their interaction to be. It's always one of my favorite uh, Yeah, I'll have to start thinking about that today. Next week's Mount Rushmore is still undetermined. We will figure out something, I'm quite sure. Oh, absolutely. On the fly, as we do. So, Solio, where can they find out more about us? Go to, if you're on that that meta Facebook thingy, thingy thingy-bop, you can can search for us under LSD Podcast, or you could uh, search Lighter Side of Dark. You can go to the website at lightersideofdark.com. 
com, all the same, so all spelled normally. Um, you can email at us if you want to email, yell at us, or suggest at us. Get into our viewer, at viewer mail. Get into our viewer mail. Listener, that's singular, listener, at lightersideofdark.com. So say say hello, drop us a line, um, ask Good us a question. Good or bad. Good or bad, yeah, whatever. Feedback. We, we, you know. we, we, will, we will absolutely We understand place. that it's a, you know, free speech is uh goes a long way and uh that doesn't always that one guy was ticked off he 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 said something nasty to us and i took his uh twitter handle and put it on a uh a a gay bar website well i mean you know you're just trying to help him find a date i was just being playful yeah it's just 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 helping him get free drinks exactly (laughs) jeez well silly it's been a pleasure working with me oh yeah it sure has we will see everybody next week take care everyone Side of the Dark podcast is a brainchild of DJs Rob Smith and Paul Solio, a weekly podcast recorded in the famed DJ School Studios in Spring Hill, Florida. Original music provided by Seth Book and a local Tampa band called Utska. Announcer, Dave Anthony. Nothing in the podcast is meant to be taken seriously for entertainment purposes only. Written and produced by both Rob Smith and Paul Solio. Divisions of RSP Events and Entertainment and Solio Entertainment. Edited by Rob Smith. Written by Paul Solio. Hey everybody, Rob Smith here from The Lighter Side of Dark. Thanks for taking a few minutes out of your busy day to listen to one of our podcasts. Don't be afraid to go back in the archives and start at the beginning. Season 1, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, but first of all, thanks for being a listener. We do appreciate it.